those around you. Focus on Jesus. We are gathered in your name, Lord, and we thank you because you are here. Thank you because you keep your word. Thank you for your integrity. Thank you for the stability you bring in our lives. Thank you for establishing us this year. Glory to your name forever, Lord. Mande zika tolo brondo zakatalabaha. Jele mende zika tolo boshta frande zika sokatalabaha. Jele mando zuka talabadabada. Jele mande zeke telebodobodobos.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Isn't it amazing to be in the presence of God? Praise the Lord. This may look like a tent, but let me tell you, if, if your eyes were open, you know how was it Elisha that said God should open the eyes of Gehazi so he would see those that were with him. If God were to open your eyes and you would see the kind of portal we have created in this place. Because worship is going up. And wherever worship is, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his, his people. Praise the Lord. So if he inhabits them here and he's inhabiting them in China and in the USA, who do you think comes to represent God? He sends the cherubims and the seraphims that worship him. Because they are coming to help us continue. Amen. And to join us as we worship him because it's a wonder. Praise the Lord. So you are welcome to today's service. This is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Appreciate the Lord for that. Amen. We are here to appreciate our pastors today. Amen. And more than that, we are here to be blessed by the Lord Jesus and to encounter his goodness and his kindness and his mercy. Amen. Before we go any further and before we even hear the word of God, I am alerted there is a testimony on ground. Amen. Are you the one with a testimony? Yes, you must have a testimony. I've remembered. Please, let's appreciate our lead for the choir team. I appreciate her better. Thank you. Praise God. Our God has been so faithful to me, and I can't thank him enough for what he has done. And I know he has greater plans for me. So I'm happy because I got a job this week. After one year of searching, finally, and I'm comfortable at the place I am. I enjoy the work I'm doing. Hallelujah. Pastor said here we don't pray for jobs. We get them. 
There is a difference. Amen. It means because of his covering. What a special Sunday to even hear such a testimony. There are things we no longer have to work for. We no longer have to look for. If you connect, that's why we are doing what we are doing today. People have not been taught that the man of God that shares the word is not your servant. He's God's servant. You ought to recognize him as such because he's carrying the dispensations of God for your life. If you don't connect to him that way, you will never encounter them. And it's not because God is holding them back for, from you. It's because you will not recognize the system he has put in place for you to have them. So there is a system with God. Amen. You cannot ignore the place of a covering in the house of God. It is so, so vital. Praise the Lord. So we are really grateful for, for that testimony. And I'd like us to pray and thank God. And if you're here and you're desiring a job, that's why she has testified. You will get it. What she has not told you is she didn't apply. She didn't drop a CV in 10 offices. She served God for that one year. She didn't tell you that part. She was in the house of God serving consistently, never missing a meeting, committing herself to everything and anything that can be done for God. That's what she didn't tell you. When the call came, she wasn't looking. It was looking for her. And that's why pastor always says, you chase those things. God will wait until you are finished. Then, when you understand he's the one you should chase, as you turn and begin to look at God, those things begin to ask Akwapi. Let's go after this person. That's why the Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow you. You don't follow them. They follow you. Praise the Lord. That's how God has instituted things. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. What are they being added to? You're seeking of the kingdom because you will find the truer realities in the kingdom. A job is not the truest reality. That is why in heaven, God will not ask you in 2020, God will not ask you for your CV, for your corporate CV. He will ask you for your purpose CV. That's why you must follow him first. And then as he leads your paths, he makes your way straight. So every job you enter, there is purpose for you beyond just getting money. Praise the Lord. And that's the kind of life we live. I'd like us to close our eyes and thank God for that testimony. Thank God passionately. You can't thank God when you're quiet. Tell him, thank you, Lord. You have done it for Tanya. You can do it for me. You can do it for my sister. You can do it for my cousin. You can do it for my mom. You can do it for somebody else that is believing in you because you are not a respecter of persons. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Open up your mouth and thank God. Raise up a thanksgiving right now. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for Tanya. Thank you because you have established her in our year of establishment. Thank you, Lord, because you have made her way straight and you have perfected all that concerns her. And she's just beginning to see your good works. Thank you, Lord, because in this place, we believe and continue to believe that these testimonies will become common. They will become commonplace in the name of Jesus. When young men finish school, they will get jobs. When people desire to move jobs, they will get jobs in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you because only you can do what you have done. We thank you because this one, truly you take all the glory. You get all the praise. You get all the worship and adoration. No man can take credit for it. No interviewer, no panel, nobody can take credit. You're the one that has done it for her. We bless you, Lord, because you are able to do far much more. We glorify and honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Appreciate the Lord. And then appreciate our man of God as he comes.
apologies. I had to take a very important call quite urgently. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God forever. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them welcome to church. Hallelujah. You know church is not a hobby. We come to be fed God's word. Glory to God forevermore. Yeah, so welcome. I'd like us to to release our children with their teacher. Where is teacher Janet? Teacher Terry is not around today. All right. Okay. So you you take them there, all of them. Father, we thank you for our children. As they go, Lord, may they learn your word. May they understand it the way they should. May their lives change. May you touch them specially in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, all our children, Teacher Janet, you know, go with them. Leon, let's go to Sunday school. Yes. Where is Sammy? You can help them. They are both small chairs and big chairs, so let's let's help them. Let's appreciate them as they go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you aware that the Lord is here? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord is here. Amen. Are you sure he's here? How do you know? Because the word of God says so. We are gathered in his name. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. I'd also like to welcome Mama Leon and Mama Christine. Let's appreciate them kindly. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. All right. All right. Let us go to the book of Romans, chapter 3. Romans, chapter number 3. Romans chapter number 3. We are going to start. We have been discussing about new creation realities, alright? You can put the scripture from verse 1. And I'm going to be teaching you about righteousness. We said the first thing you receive when you got born again, it's not really the first thing. This is all you received when you got born again. One of them is called eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. So currently, you have eternal life. You have it now. This very hour, hallelujah, you have it. And another thing that you received when you got born again is righteousness. So we're going to look at the scriptures and I'm going to teach you about what righteousness is is. Now, from verse 1, the Bible says, what advantage then has a Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. Hallelujah. Maybe you can turn it off because of the sound. Much in every way, chiefly because to them are committed the oracles of God. Next verse. 
For what if some did not believe? Would their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man, let God be true and every man, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Now let's look at verse 5. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Next verse. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my light to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come, as we have slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written. Now look at this. Do you, have you ever seen someone quoting this scripture? Let's quote. One, two, three, go. Now, many people make that statement and use that argument to say there is none righteous. No, not one. But they don't read the next verse. In fact, the ones who quote it don't even know that it's actually in the book of Romans. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next verse. There is none who understands. Is this true? Is it true that, they know, that there's no one who... Okay, next verse. No, no, no. Let's go back, let's go back. There is none who understands. Verse 11. There is none who seeks after God. Ebu, ask your neighbor, do you seek God? What is the answer? Why are you asking and then you're not getting an answer? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 12. Look at it. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Is this the case? That no one does good. And you see now when you quote and say no one is righteous, just do what you like. No one is what? It's not entirely true. Look at it. Next verse. Their throat is an open tomb, my God. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. He's not talking to you. The new person in Christ. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. So when you quote the first verse, you are saying all these things, all of us in this category, are not bitter. Everyone should speak for themselves. Next verse. Their feet are swift to shed blood. How many of you? This is you. Don't you never say neighbor. Refuse to be distracted. You know this message is very important. Eh? Because you don't understand what you have received. You will preach another gospel. The Bible says you preach another gospel. Apart from this one. You are, you are actually cast. Paul is the one who said it. Hallelujah. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Oh God, this is not me. Say this is not me. This is not me. This is not me. And the way of peace they have not known. 
How can this be you? It can't be you. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, look at it. Whatever the law, the law says, it says to those who are under the what? That every mouth may be what? Stop. And that all the world may become guilty before? Now, the law was given to you to know that there is sin. There is such a thing as sin. That's why the law is given to you. Without the law, you will not know that there is sin. Praise God. Let me show you where they're quoting from. Psalms 14, then you'll go back there. Psalms 14, verse 1. Psalms 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart. Who has said in his heart? Say, I refuse to be foolish. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are wise. Refuse to be foolish. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who see God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. It has started with foolishness. Though. Look at it. Have all, the workers, have all the workers of iniquity. No knowledge. Who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call on the Lord. Next verse. They, there they are in great fear. For God is with the generation of the what? The righteous. Let's go back to Romans 3 verse 20. So this the person being spoken to is not you. Because he says, look at it. Verse 19. We know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the what? The law. Let's speak in tongues. I feel there's a lot of distraction here. Speak in tongues. Pastor Leon, let them enter. Let them to enter. Open your mouth and pray. Libra do shakatala badaba. Tell everyone to enter. Salamando bradezeke bebe 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 bebe. Enter, enter, enter. Jele mondo zoko. You need this word. Whoever is not here, that's their business now. Shakatala badaba. Are they on their way? Where are they? You can text them. Zale mando brade sakatalaba. Mande zika tolobo shakatalabadaba. Zele mondo brade sekete. Shikatalabadaba. Any hindrance to your word today is lifted. Any heaviness is lifted. Every distraction is lifted. In the name of Jesus. May your word come forth unhindered. May those who hear understand. May those who hear understand. May those who hear understand. In the name of Jesus, I arrest their minds to come here now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, they will be focused on you. They will see you in the scriptures. They will see you in the scriptures. They will see you, Jesus, in the scriptures. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, I know what it is, but it is well. It, I'm even more inspired to share this word with you. It's, not, it's none of you, really. It's I've addressed it. Now, we know whatever the law says, 
It says to those who are under the what? But you're not under the law. The Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Let's go there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just a minute. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Glory to God. In chapter 6, verse 14. Chapter 6, verse 14. Chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have what? Dominion over you. Why? You are not under the? You are under what? You are not under the? You are under what? Now, can I tell you why people fail in life sometimes? Religion. Religion. Too much religion. They quote things out of context. They say things however they mean. They don't know the word of God. So, the one that was being quoted, that the one, there is none righteous. It speaks to that man who is under the law. So, meaning, before the law, if you are under the law, you cannot be righteous. Because the Bible says, if you break one law, you've broken all laws. Are we together now? So here, we are seeing that since you are not under the law, that scripture is not talking to you. Praise God. We'll see it. Let's go to verse 21. Romans 3.21. Romans 3.21. But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, separate from the law, is what? Revealed. So, there is a righteousness that was, could be attained, but was impossible, by doing the what? The law. But now, since you are under grace, there is a righteousness that you have, apart from the? Ask your neighbor, do you understand what Pastor is saying? If you are not understanding, we can start from the top. You know, there's no need for you to come to church and you learn nothing. It's, it's of no use. Then why did you come? You asked, what did you learn today? Ah, I don't remember. I, I heard hallelujah. And amen. And my week was blessed. My week was blessed. It's good to bless your week. But beyond blessing your week, you must understand these principles. Do you know why I'm taking time to teach you this? One of the reasons why you struggle with sin is because you don't know this. That's why you struggle with it. You're always struggling with sin. Why? Because you don't know you are righteous. Because sin is not as dangerous as sin consciousness. The consciousness that you are prone to sin is more dangerous than, the, than, than sin itself. Because as long as that is your consciousness, it will become your life. So every time you are conscious of sin, I know I am weak. I know I am like this. I know I am prone to this. And you are so conscious that that is what you live or live out or do, you will fall into sin faster than you think. So sin has been dealt with. Hallelujah. According to the word of God, not according to you, according to the word of God, sin has been dealt with. Say sin is no longer an issue. The reason why people go back to sin is because they don't know. They don't know the principles to live above. Grace is the way to live above sin. Not willpower. Grace is the way to live above sin. Hallelujah. 
Grace is the way to live above sin. So this is what the scripture is telling you. That God has given us righteousness that is apart from the law. Next verse, look at it. Even the what? Righteousness of God. Through faith in who? I'm not hearing you. Is your neighbor saying it? Through faith in who? Yeah, that's better. To all and on all who do what? So how do you get this righteousness? By believing. Have you believed? You know, in fact, we should stop calling ourselves believers. We have finished believing. So today, may the Lord help us from today, not call ourselves believers. Why are we in the state of believing? We have believed. The same way we say that we are in a covenant with God. We are not in a covenant with God. And I'll show you how. Come, come, sweetie. This is my wife. Doesn't she look lovely? My goodness. Oh, stand. You can look at them. Oh, hi. She looks nice. Hey, let me try and focus. Now, <laughs> now, me and her are in a covenant. Call what? Call what? Marriage. Marriage. So we, when we bear children, our children are in a covenant with who? With each one of us. No, really, I'm, I'm asking, is any? <laughs> our children are in a covenant with? Pastor Leo. My son or daughter will be in a covenant with who? Which one of us? Daddy or mommy? Neither. So what is their work? To enjoy the fruits of the covenant. To enjoy the covenant. Because now by right, they are our children. I'm not her husband by right. He's by covenant. But he's my, he, he or she will be my child by right. Not by behavior. Not by conduct. Something can happen here. God forbid. Not here. Not here. Let me. Between two married people. Something can happen. You know my words are powerful. I don't use such examples. Between two married people who are not here, something can happen out of conduct that will cause them not to be together. But there is nothing your child will do to stop being your child. If someone's child goes and collects your TV and sells, he will just become a child who is a seller in your house. If your child misbehaves, God forbid. That is still your. But certain things can happen in the covenant to make the covenant null and void. But nothing can make you not be the child of your mother or father. There's nothing. It's not there. Even when they say, I, you are, I, I'll disown you. Those are just, if they do DNA, that, that disowning has not entered yet. It will still say, this is your parent. So the Bible says, we are now in the new covenant. When did the new covenant begin? The new covenant does not begin in Matthew chapter 1. It begins at the death and resurrection of Christ. Look at it. Um, I was talking about believers. Eh? Yeah, we're going to go there. Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9. Now, I'm not against anyone who, who preaches that. And don't go and fight people. I'm not now saying go and post in Facebook. Mind your business. Just learn what you're learning. 
you know in one body our work is not to come and attack people and if i catch you attacking people i will call you if you don't pick i'll comment on that post as i stop this foolishness amen the work is not to fight people <laughs> hallelujah now where can we verse 15 now i want you to understand very properly now for this reason talking about christ there are many things you, you can read on your own from verse one. he is the what mediator of the new so he's a mediator he's a bridge by means of death for what reason for the redemption for the buying back of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance powerful now read this 1 3 go which also means covenant in other words if a man writes a will the children cannot come to claim the inheritance if the man is alive the will only comes into effect when the person who has written the will dies so the testator who is Christ the will was not if the new will the new covenant the new testament which is the new will was not in effect until he died because he is a custodian of the covenant of the will are we together look at it next verse is that the next answer for a testament a covenant a will is enforced after men are dead it has no power at all while the testator lives the will has no power so if your parent wants to give you something and they are alive they will do transfer transfer of property to you that is not a will will is only active after the death of the testator hallelujah so christ was a testator He came and took your place because you could not fulfill your end of the covenant. You couldn't. So he came and took it and fulfilled on your behalf. Hallelujah. Because there's no way you could fulfill it. Because by design the law was given for you to know that you have a problem. But that same law that was given to you to have a problem could not help you. Many times I tell you when you look at a mirror you see where you Maybe you need to comb your hair properly, maybe what you need to remove, right? But you don't use the same mirror to comb your head. I'm not talking about the mirrors that are joined to the you, you, you understand. I'm talking about the mirror is here. Let's say you're putting lipstick then you do like this. Then you check, "Ah, I didn't see that." Do you take the mirror and start removing the lipstick? So you can't take the law to amend you because the issue the law just reveals to you your problem. It's like a mirror. So and someone outside from that thing must come to help you to attain that perfection so now Christ came and stood in your place and became the testator now he fulfilled the covenant he lived without sin that is why he lived without sin in your place glory to god hallelujah 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 in your place then in god's eyes when you got born again in god's eyes you are the one who actually did it That's why in God's eyes the Bible says we therefore reckon that if one man died for all then all men died. So if he died in your place in the records of heaven you died. 
and you paid. Hallelujah. So now that covenant is fulfilled. Why? Because Christ has fulfilled for you on your behalf. Even for the Jews, the Bible says Christ has redeemed them from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us because it is written, curse is every man that hangs on a tree. So it takes the place. Then the benefits of the covenant are yours now as his child. So you do not enter into a covenant with God. You are the beneficiary of the covenant. That is why in the new covenant, what is talked of is inheritance. It is nothing you have worked for. Not a wage. Inheritance. Something worked for, given to you. The Bible says we are now joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. All he owns, I own. All he owns, I own. This is a powerful thing, let me tell you. It will liberate you. Every anger that Christ had towards man, he channeled it to Jesus Christ on the cross. That now you have peace with him. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 18, look at it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. Not will reconcile, he has reconciled. Not will reconcile, he has reconciled glory to God. To who? To himself. Through who? Christ Jesus. Right now you have peace with God. Hallelujah. This is the gospel, brethren. You have peace with God. You have peace with God. You have peace with God now. So, we were believing. Now we have believed. Now we are sons of God. Now we are his children. So let's go back there. I just take, took a detour to show you something. Let's go back there. 3.21. But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. So this righteousness cannot be earned. It can only be received. So the day you got born again, you receive righteousness. Can I tell you something? I dare say, this is one of the most important things. In fact, this is the core of the message of the gospel. It can take another form, but it is this one, righteousness. What is righteousness? The ability to be and do right. Never forget that. Righteousness is the ability to be and do right. The ability to be and do right. Now, when you think in earthly terms, you are thinking in terms of, I'm going to try and become right and live right. Isn't it? That's what, what God is saying. He's not saying that. He's talking about another thinking he's addressing you to. Righteousness is not, huh, it's not only be and do right, you can also produce right. Let me give an example. He comes to Abraham, a man with no children. He says, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. <laughs> My goodness. He's talking to a barren person. He says, I have made you. So from that day, his dealings with Abraham is as a father of many nations. But he has no son. 
But because God is righteous, what is causing him to, to have no son must conform to the, to the righteousness of God. What God has said is what should be. He, he, he can't lie. God can come here and say this thing is blue. You will say it's white, right? The moment God says this thing is blue, it, it becomes blue. And when you go to investigate where we made it from, <laughs> we discover that they made a blue tent. And if you take the receipt, if it was white, it, is, it would be written blue. Because his word is law. It will go into the future and into the past and make amends. So the Bible says, God who commands light to shine out of darkness. So he comes to darkness. He doesn't say, light, come and chase away darkness. He speaks to darkness. You know, I don't even understand what I'm talking about. He looks at the darkness. He says, darkness, produce light. So darkness must conform to the rightness of God. To the righteousness of God. So darkness must look for where to find light. So darkness can become light. So he goes to a rock. He says, speak to the rock. That rock has no water. But because it has been spoken and is righteous, water must come out. He tells Peter, go, the first fish you catch. Open his mouth, you'll find money. How many of you have caught a fish with money inside? Because he's righteous. What he says must become. Ah, glory to God. That is why when he came, you came into Christ, you received that nature now. The nature to be, do, and produce right. This is what helps you please God. This is what makes you now you can stand before God and he doesn't strike you. Because in him you are righteous. Not with your own righteousness, but with his righteousness. God can come to your life and he has already said it. He said you are blessed. And you look at your life and you, and you feel you're not blessed. You feel you're not blessed. You're seeing you're not blessed. What you're feeling or what you're seeing is a lie. <laughs> he said, let God be true and every man a liar. So God can't call you one thing, you call yourself the other. This has made many believers suffer in life. I read to you from the book of Jonah. It says that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. You're always considering your circumstances. So God, when he wants to talk to you, you're telling him about the issue. And so you, you're delaying change. Because change in the natural is not the true change. It is a manifestation of change in the spirit. Change happens the time God has said something. Oh boy, my goodness. Father, may they understand. May they understand. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. i show you something. This one, I may have to continue on Sunday because... Your life will never be the same again. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus, quickly, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Hallelujah. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Who has blessed us. Not who will bless us. Not who is waiting for our prayer to bless us. Not who is waiting for us to ask him to bless us. Who has blessed us, not with some, not with many, not with much, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 
Any possible blessing you'll ever have in life, you already have it. Amen. This is the word of God. So whether you feel like it, you, you, you don't feel like it, it is immaterial. Your work, your work is to conform to this word, to think this word, to talk this word, to meditate on this word, and you will produce this word. What you're feeling is not an issue. That is a challenge. Man shall not be led by feelings. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Not by their feelings. And so you see, because man is fallen. Ah, but it's not you. I'm talking about the natural man. When Adam and Eve were created, they had no clothes. Someone said the glory of God was so strong, it was covering them. No, they were naked. It's true. But it was never an issue. Because God had never told them you're naked. So it's none of your business. So the first thing, when they fell, and God came and asked, where are you? He said, I'm hiding. Why? Because I'm naked. He asked them, who told you you're naked? In other words, don't believe you're naked until I tell you you're naked. So your life can be crumbling. He's telling you, don't believe you're failing because I've said you're blessed. If I've not said it, it's not true. It's, it's, it's actually called a lying vanity. So many people are living on lying vanities. Issues, challenges, how I'm feeling, how life is going. Who told you that thing? Who told you your life is difficult? Who told you? Who told you life will never change? Who told you that? You know the way I'm seeing things, this thing, this thing will not be handled. Why are you seeing things that way? See it from the lens of the word. Put on the glasses of the word and see the way God sees. There are many prayers you should not make to people if they don't know this. They will go back to, to big challenges. You pray for someone. As soon as the prayer has ended, they are complaining. How will they receive the blessing? The leg is paining here. You lay hands here. Maybe you lay hands on the other leg. Say, Pastor, it is this leg. As though the anointed does not know the journey from here to this to here. <laughs> My God. Can all people. Pastor, it is here. It is here. Pastor, put your hand here. As though God's anointed. Oh my God. The biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest challenges in the earth is knowledge. People don't know. So they struggle in life. And that is why we are teaching you the word of God. When Christ came, before he came, it was said, that he was sent to preach the good news to the poor. So the poor need preaching. Meaning their challenges is not in their pocket. It's in their belief and their thinking. And even though it might be a challenge, the Lord still is your great provision. The Lord is your source. But you don't enjoy it because you don't believe for it. You live as though you are your source. Ah, makatanaba. Father, may you understand your word. Say, I'm blessed with all blessings, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Why are they spiritual? Because God is spirit. And because what is spirit is truly real. What is physical cannot be real. The physical came from the spiritual. So the, the, the spiritual is superior. So when did Abraham receive a child? When God said it. 
When did he see the manifestation? When his faith allowed it. God didn't come and say, hey, Ada, uh, Abraham, you make a son. I said, Mama, Mama, I didn't mean it. You got two jokes. God will not change because of you. He will wait. If your faith will take 10 years, no problem. He won't say you've taken so long to forgive this person. So let me overlook. He will wait for you to forgive. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Are you understanding what pastor is saying? So righteousness is God's ability to be, do, and produce right. So when you receive righteousness, it is what gives you the right to stand before him without fear or guilt. It is on the basis of this that your prayers are answered. Not on the basis of your doings. Because this one is not a doing thing. This one is a state. It's a nature. Alright, let's say you have a bicycle. And one day you go and ride in a paddle. And the bicycle is washed. Has the bicycle suddenly become a donkey? Because of the dirt of the... No. I'm asking you a question. Has the bicycle... Mishika Maka. Takuchomanyam. Your hands are dirty. Have they become hooves? Because now they are dirty. <laughs> Who is a sinner? You know that this quote they say we are all sinners. Speak for yourself. We are not all sinners. <laughs> Let me you see, when you don't understand when you don't understand the gospel, you will speak and believe. We are not all sinners. A sinner is a man without Christ. Because even though he does good, his good cannot be good enough for God. He has to accept the one already done for him. That is when now God says, Your righteousness is as filthy rags because it is the action without the nature. Imagine a purple tree producing watermelon. And you eat that watermelon confidently. And maybe it's actually in your village. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know So it's not fruit. No, it is nature. Of course, it is from that nature that you're able to live right. So a sinner is a man without God who's not born again. So when you're in Christ, sinning does not make you a sinner. The same way, when you're outside Christ, doing good did not make you righteous. And you don't suddenly stop becoming righteous by your action because you do not become righteous by your action. If you didn't get it by action, you can't lose it by action. So this prayer should end. Of God, I am unworthy in your presence. All those things you are, you, you are saying is because you don't know what he has done. <laughs> I am not worthy to be before you. Then leave now. What are you doing there? If you are not worthy to be before you. Understand where you are coming from. You can rather pray, Father, thank you for making me worthy to be in your presence. Thank you. That despite all, you still 
have made me worthy and deserving. Now, you, you say many times, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Then the day there's a need, when you pray, you remember I'm not worthy because that was your meditation. So you ask in unbelief and you receive nothing because zero plus zero is a very big. You go and pray for the sick, not believing. What if it doesn't happen? Yesterday, I didn't wake up to pray at night. But you don't know that it's on the basis of righteousness that a man is healed. Because if there's a sickness, a condition in their body, when you lay hands on them, the rightness of God is superimposed on that thing that is broken. And it now produces rightness back and you call it healing. I will teach you that dynamic. You will be confident praying for the sick, they will get healed. In fact, the big surprise will be why are they not healed. Hallelujah. Say, I'm righteous in Christ. I'm righteous in Christ. I'm righteous in Christ. So right now you are righteous. You have received it by faith. So every day you pray, you say, Father, thank you because I'm righteous. If it is not your consciousness, it can never be your life. So you struggle because it is not your consciousness. You walk feeling unclean, feeling unworthy. First Corinthians chapter 1, when you can pray. I don't want to take this fast, so this pastor's appreciation Sunday. So we'll finish early. But I want you to go and read this scripture. Verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm of God in Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are of God in Christ. You are of God in Christ. Of him are you in Christ. Who became for us wisdom from God? He became for us righteousness. He became for us what? Sanctification. This is holiness. Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your holiness. Christ is your wisdom. Christ is your redemption. Meaning he's your redemption. He's your deliverance. He's your redemption. Christ is my wisdom. Christ is my... So when I come to God, he doesn't look at any action. He looks at his righteousness, which he has now become. He is my righteousness. Hallelujah. He is my righteousness. I'm going to make a statement that you go and meditate. Please, do not collect stones here. What I teach you, if, if it shocks you, just be shocked, it's fine. <laughs> Second Corinthians. You know, there are things that just Christ said and they big stones. Are you God? He said, yes. Before Abraham, I am. And they cannot be because you talk like that. This young boy, the one they call young boy, he's only from them in their mother's womb. You see, foolishness. Verse 20. 5. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5 20. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors. Say I'm an ambassador. I'm also going to teach you about these new Christian realities. That you can live like a, have you been living like an ambassador? Or have you been living like a refugee? You're an ambassador for Christ. There was no war in heaven that caused you to run away. You are sent. 
Hallelujah. So even if you are a refugee on the earth, from heaven you are an ambassador. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Next verse. Let's read. Who was this? Uh-huh. So he became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God. So he took your place and became sin. You took his place and became righteous. Not only so, you became the righteousness of God. It is now who you are, not you have been given. You became. Meaning it is not something you have that you can lose. It is who you are. It is who you are. Never forget this. It's not something you have. It is who you are. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, now let me say this. And remember this. You will not be any more righteous in heaven than you are now. Turn to your neighbor as a neighbor. You will not be any more righteous in heaven than you are now in Christ. Why? Because the righteousness that you are now is who? Of God. So which one can he give you apart from himself? Is there a senior God in heaven that is going to add? That is why the only thing you receive is a glorified body. To accommodate the true you, the spirit man. To allow the ultimate expression of who you are in Christ. Oh, glory to God. This word of God is so sweet. I am righteous in Christ. And that's why some people, they do good to appease their conscience. When they want to pray to God about something, that week they behave rightly. Then Saturday they pray to God, see God, I behaved well. It is not on that basis that God answers your prayer. It is on the basis that Christ did not sin that God answers your prayer. That Christ finished his work. So you go confident. I can't go to God asking him, not believing he will answer. I know he will answer. I know it. Because I can't ask amiss. Say, I'm righteous in Christ. Say, I'm righteous in Christ. Turn to someone next to you say, you are righteous in Christ. You are righteous in Christ. You have the righteousness of God. You have it now. It is who you are. Do you know this thing is who you are? It's not like a past, you can drop it. When you go home, you lose it. You become unholy. No. You are righteous. Do you honestly believe that Jesus Christ can stay in a vessel that is not clean? You're welcome. Can Christ stay in an unclean vessel? So he makes you clean before he enters you. So the, the day you got born again, you are washed and purified and made whole. Say, I walk in holiness. I walk in righteousness. So now life begins to become something that you live out. You begin to live out holiness. You begin to live out righteousness. You begin to live out soberness. Because it is already who you are. So God will demand something from you if you are not that thing first. I pray for you that sin consciousness be broken from your life. You struggle with sin consciousness for so long. You always think 
unworthiness. You always think you are not holy. You always think you are not righteous. But you are righteous in Christ. And you receive it the day you got born again. And the more you know what you have, you will live it out. The more you know who you are, you will live it out. The more you know how you are loved. Oh, let's read this and we close. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. Quickly. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for me. I cannot be condemned. For because I'm in Christ. I'm righteous. Even living a glorious life is based on you knowing this. Do you know you can know this and money comes to you? Do you know that? You can just, just knowing that. Um, so that even when you're doing things, you know they're not happening to me on the basis of action. Of my own. They're happening to me on the basis of the actions of Christ that have been finished. So, when I go and pray for the sick, I don't say, ah, I need to go and fast. I'll call you next week, I come and pray. No, I can even leave my food and go. Because anyway, the expectation is that every day you're ever fresh. And you go. And you lay hands. I told you one time, a lady, I don't even know her, but she says she knows me because she came here. She took my number. And one day, she called me. Oops. Hallelujah. Then one day, I was with my wife were eating dinner. I'm just chewing. And she said, Pastor, my baby, do I have that message? I wonder if I have it. My baby, please pray for my baby. That's what she said. She said, I pray for your baby. I said, yes. Ah, here it is. She said, hello, pastor. Um, so and so, I really need your prayers. I was once a member of your church before I moved from Rongai. My baby is very sick. Has been admitted since Saturday. Please help me pray for him. This is in March. I said, I'll pray for him. What happened? He had fever. I took him to the hospital. He was diagnosed with meningitis. And he was still receiving treatment. The doctors say that he was also he also has high sugars, a baby. Right now, blood is being added to his system. Just pray for him. I believe God won't disappoint you. Of course he cannot disappoint you. He's he's the Lord. But anyway, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Call me at 9 p.m., I told her. I'll pray for him over the phone. Over the phone. Says thank you. So he didn't call that day. He called. I think a day was too later. Now, when he called, I was eating. I said, "Put the baby on speaker." You know, the baby doesn't even understand the English, but the baby is a person that has spirit. Has spirit. They, they will understand. So I prayed. I said, "In the name of Jesus, I command that sickness to leave your body." Blah, 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 blah. I prayed. I went back to eating. I didn't say, let me go and fast, fast. I'm not against fasting. It's a consciousness that I'm a life-giving spirit. 
That's who I am. And it's not getting healed because I'm praying. Even the reason why I'm praying is because Christ died and paid for that thing. So the basis of healing is actually Christ, not me. So even you can pray. Don't you ever say, neighbor, you are a healer of the sick. So, we prayed. Then another day she said, I think a day or something, or two, whatever. She said, good morning. Thank you for your prayers, Pastor. Now, I want you to hear, and I'll teach you how to respond. Good morning. Thank you for your prayers. My baby is feeling She had actually called me. And told me that it's like he's not getting better, if I if I remember correctly. Then she texted me, so I didn't respond. Because you know, I don't want unbelief. I've already prayed you have been healed. I'll say, ah, really? Oh wow, God bless you. I don't want to condition you into unbelief. I want you to know that when you prayed, the healing took place. Then she said, Good morning, thank you for your prayers. My baby is feeling fine. The sugar levels are reduced. It doesn't have temperature. And he's breathing just fine. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to give you grace. You can continue changing people's lives. Continue praying for us. The truth is, I was not continuing praying. I prayed that day only. Two days later, Pastor, your prayers are really working on my baby. <laughs> Thank you so much. So she's thinking I'm praying every day. I'm, I'm not. I've finished. I don't, I've prayed once. That's it. <laughs> It is the earth realm that is taking time to catch up with the spirit realm. I've already finished, you have already arranged the matter in the heavens. So, is your prayers working? I said, oh, glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Hello, Pastor. I hope you're doing fine in April now. God has done it. Thank you so much for your prayers. I really appreciate your effort. It's not mine, it's the Jehovah God. Tomorrow, my baby will be discharged. Continue keeping us in your prayer. Now, oh boy. Meningitis, sugar level has gone. We didn't call her fasting VG. And I was not going every night to God pray. Because it is a consciousness of righteousness. That anywhere I superimpose the righteousness of God, what is not of God must bow to God's rightness. I'm not saying that there are others. Because sometimes the person can be in unbelief. You have to go and pray seriously. For them. Sometimes it is knowledge. Other, it is actually warfare. You have to war for their healing. Amen. Praise God forevermore. And they got healed. And under this unction, if anyone here is sick, receive healing in your bodies now. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to thank God for the word. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you because you've made us righteous in Christ. In the name of Jesus, thank you because you are true. You are holy. You have made us like you. We refuse to be condemned. We refuse to live in guilt and shame. We refuse to live in sin because sin has been dealt with. In the name of Jesus, receive grace to live above sin. Receive that grace now. Because it's already been made available in Christ. You will walk in that grace. You will not struggle with sin. Sin is not compulsory. It is not compulsory. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's bow down our heads right now. All of you. Close your eyes, bow down your heads. In case you are here, you are not born again. Now is your time to give your life to Jesus Christ. In case you are here and you are not born again, it's time to give your life to Jesus Christ. You are here, you are not born again. Last week, four souls were added to the kingdom. On Sunday, maybe today it is you. If you're not born again, 